Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So it is going to cost me to please God. Sometimes I don't want to please God. And that's why this gap broadens. Sometimes I just want to do my own thing. But here's what I've discovered. When you get it in your mind that his will for you is better than any other will, you won't have any trouble pleasing God. You just go his way. To follow Jesus is going to cost us something. Some Christians believe they can just do what they want to do, but it's going to cost us to please God. We need to surrender our will to His will. In today's message, Pastor Mark challenges us with the thought that the secret to pleasing God is to become convinced that God's will is the highest and best will that can ever be done. When His will becomes our will, only then will we live a life that's pleasing to God, and only then will we truly live a happy and fulfilled life. God knows that His will is the best thing for us. Is God's will your will? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew with his continuing study entitled, Why Church? Contribute and receive eternal rewards. who lives in me. This is the house of God. I'm a manager of this house. Physically, financially, all my gifts. Here's my potential. Here's all my gifts. How am I doing with my gifts? You're not going to give an answer for me. You're not going to give an answer for me. You're not going to give an answer for me. I'm going to give an I'm going to stand before God and give an answer for my house, which is actually God's house. So here's what I want you to write. Long sentence, but it'll take you a little while to write it. If I'm going to be a good faithful steward, well, then I have to effectively manage. So it says this. We are to effectively manage, in other words, the word I would use there is contribute, give with passion, do this with passion. I'm effectively manage my time, number of hours a week, my talents, we'll talk about that in a moment, in all of my possessions, everything I have, including money. I told you I wouldn't teach on money today, but I just mentioned the word. So I'm a manager. I'm a steward. I'm a servant of everything God gave me. And it's my responsibility to manage it effectively and well. Now, when I'm judged, when I'm judged at the judgment seat of Christ with my time, my talents, my possessions, it's going to be this potential that God wired me with and how how I fulfilled it. And as I mature as a Christian, this is the goal, to make the gap smaller to make the gap smaller. Now I want to give you this morning four ways to contribute as you become this incredible faithful servant and also steward. Number one, contribute 
with the goal of pleasing God. Contribute with the goal of pleasing God. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says this. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home, in the body, or away from it. By the way, he just means if I'm on earth, my goal is to please him. When I get to heaven, will I have trouble pleasing God? Away from my body? In heaven? No, I won't have trouble because there's no sin. I'll always please God. Where do I have trouble pleasing God? Here. Here. So God made this tremendous investment in your life. First of all, you're a Christian. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. And then he gifted me. He uniquely gifted me. And he expects a significant return. He left me here. He left you here for a reason. That's why we're here. And my opportunity for heavenly rewards are limited to what I do between when I became a Christian and when I die. The impact that I make today ripples throughout all eternity for me. How I live today has tremendous impact on how I will live in heaven. So understand that there's degrees of reward. Now, if I'm going to make my goal to please him, how does that work? Well, we started in Matthew 16. Remember, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross. In other words, you have to give up your will and you have to follow me. So it is going to cost me to please God. Sometimes I don't want to please God. And that's why this gap broadens. Sometimes I just want to do my own thing. But here's what I've discovered. When you get it in your mind that his will for you is better than any other will, you won't have any trouble pleasing God. You just go his way. Doesn't matter good things, bad things, doesn't matter, whatever. We all have stuff in our life. But once you make that decision and you just start going for it, it'll change you forever. It'll just change you forever. Because his plan, his blueprint for your life is better than anything you could ever design, ever. Get used to it, get ready, start flowing with it. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. What's going to happen at this judgment seat of Christ? How is that actually going to look? Here we go. Before verse 12, Paul talks about us building our house on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Then he says this. If any man builds on this foundation using gold and silver and costly stones, that would be things that last. Here's the, that'd be the good stuff. Here's the bad stuff. Wood, hay, and straw. His work at the judgment seat will be shown for what it is. Because the day, the judgment seat of Christ, will bring it to light. Well, how will that work? It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the, remember, not quantity, but the quality, the motive of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Now remember, this is not about whether we're going to heaven. These are Christians. But God is going to evaluate that potential that we had and how much we accomplished. The wood, hay, and the straw are not about sin. They're about priorities. You became a Christian, and you really never went for it. You became a carnal Christian. You weren't interested in really 
pursuing the will of God. And yes, you read your Bible, you studied, you came to church on a fairly regular basis, but you didn't use your giftings. You didn't strive to be this incredible husband or great father. You just kind of, you kind of just went for it whenever it was there, it was cool. There was not much into your life. So your whole, here's the potential here. And you moved about this far in your whole life. Well, all of that that you think you did with the wrong motive at the judgment seat of Christ, it's just burned up. There's nothing. Now, the Bible says we have to be careful. The Bible says don't live your life so that you would be ashamed at the coming of the Lord. You See, people that say, all I want to do is get into heaven. I get into heaven, I don't care what happens, man. I don't care about rewards, man, I'm in heaven. No, when you look at the eyes of Jesus, and you will, so will I, and you say to him, well, I just want to be in heaven. Thanks for dying for me. I think you're going to have a great trouble doing that. Now, is God gracious? Yes. Notice what the verse says. Everything I did on earth is burned up. There's no reward. But I'm still what? I'm still saved. And why is that? If all my reward is burned up, how can I still be saved? Because I was not saved by my works. I was saved by God's grace. Do you understand? But who would want to stand there? Now, none of us are going to stand there and go, well, I meant it 100%, God. Yeah, right. Not a chance. But guys, we want to be moving closer to the potential that God has for us. It's a life of maturity, all of us. So Paul warns us about this building our life. You're building your life. You want to be a wise builder that doesn't just think about the temporal things here, but thinks about eternity. Now, as we're there, remember... God knows everything. Don't be afraid of the judgment seat of Christ. It's a good place. It's a place of reward. All of us that are maturing are going to get lots of good things and rewards. Number two, we have to contribute not only with the goal of pleasing God, but we have to contribute with humility. I need to serve God with humility. We already learned in Ephesians 2.10 that God wired us I wasn't responsible for that. God wired me. He gave me all these uh, uh, tremendous potential to live for him as he did you. So that's a thing of humility. Turn with me to Romans. Just back one book, Romans chapter 12. As you get there, I want to talk to you about something that's very important this morning. Back in Ephesians 2.10, it says he's created good works for us to do. He has a blueprint for my life. In Romans 12... I'm going to talk to you this morning about seven motivational gifts. If you're a Christian, every Christian has at least one, look at me, one of these motivational gifts. Probably a mixture of more than one. That's the potential over here. These are, this is just some of the things that God's going to hold us accountable for in that judgment day, on the rewarding day. Seven gifts. Now, all of us have these. Let's go through them. Let me read it for you, starting verse 5. When I operate this gift that God gives me, I find fulfillment and purpose and meaning. They are, they're wonderful. They're gifts. And when I operate with the gift that God gave me, and I know it's that gift, when I teach you this morning, and I know my gift's teaching, I'm at home. I'm at home. Even if I feel terrible. Last night I felt way worse than today. Even if you feel terrible, I'm at home because I'm doing what I was wired to do. 
Now, many other things. I have to be home with a husband and a father and a grandfather and all those other things. We're just talking about spiritual right here in the church. Here we go. Verse 5. So in Christ, we are many form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Notice it's a gift. You didn't earn it. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So in that list, you have a gifting. One of those seven is yours or a mixture more like. Which is the gift? Which do you have? Say, Pastor Margaret, I don't know. Good. Because not long ago, I did like a 12-week study on discovering your motivational gift. Because at the judgment seat, you're going to be responsible for how you used your gift. Now, let me show you at the judgment seat... We're all going to be there as Christians. If you're a Christian, you're going to be there. Here's going to be the joy of my life. Getting there and standing before God and looking around and seeing all of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then I move to the side and you come up. And you stand before God and God says, what was your motivational gift? I didn't know I had a motivational gift. (laughs) And God says, do you remember the 18th of September 2006? Well, no, I refreshed my memory. Balmer had a cold. Oh, yeah, I remember that day. Spoke funky. Did he he talk about anything? Actually, he talked about this thing that we're doing today here, God. Right here, good. Did he mention uh, motivational gifts? What are you going to say? I didn't know. I didn't even know I had a gift. So God says, there's your potential. You never used it once. You never even got started. You and I will not stand there and go, no big deal. It is a big deal. You're going to be judged for that. You see, my pleasure will be when I'm there and I see all of you come and get all these rewards because you're faithfully serving God. So many of you, you got it. You're understanding it. It's happening. That's going to be a glorious day for us together, aren't it? Isn't it going to be glorious? Our Savior's going to be there. We're gifted. We don't even deserve to be there. And man, we get to be there and we're rewarded. Guys, this is why I do what I do. I have a heart for you. I want you, when you walk up there, to feel good because you listened to the word of God. You won't ever have to walk up there and God said, well, you ready? And you're going to say, what is this? I, I didn't even know there was this place. You know there is this place. Do you know how many people in our town that go to churches never hear about the judgment seat of Christ? But you know, and you can do something about it. That's why I teach. That's why God gave us the answers. I can tell what's going to happen in the future. My future. That's incredible. And our heart's desire It's for you to understand it and get it. Because you, you will stand there. And it's going to be a joy for me when you're rewarded. Now the next one that we have to study is, we have to contribute, well, not only with all these gifts that we have, but as I do them, there's this motive. And that's why the word excellence, excellence. Contribute with excellence. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, 
do it. Nike heard that. Just do it. Do it with all your might. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work for it. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You see, guys, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. Some believers are going to get into heaven by the skin of their teeth. That's a sad picture because that's a picture of a saved soul, but a lost life. How can you guy ever, whatever my hand finds to do, do it with excess? How can I do that if, if that's the potential and I never even approach any part of my potential? See, God's equipping me and giving me to do that. Same with you. We have to be humble about it. It's God. It's not us. Now, we strive for excellence. That's our goal. Why? Because we represent Jesus Christ. Do we achieve it? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But we still strive for it. That's good. Whatever my hand finds to do, I want to do with excellence. So maybe if you've got to speak to you about that, you can just do those. Those are practical things. You say, that's going to have relationship to, to my eternal rewards? Yeah, whatever I do with my body. Absolutely. Last one this morning is this. Contribute with passion. With passion. Paul said to his young understudy in 2 Timothy, Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So you must, Timothy, you must never be ashamed to tell others about God. Just picture your little grill, Weber grill, the charcoal's in there, and the flame has gone low and it's kind of gone out. Paul said to Timothy, come on, get hot for God. In a few days, I'll be at a church, a church site in Turkey, where John wrote to the church, the church at Laodicea. He called it the lukewarm church. God said, I spew you out of my mouth. I'm not interested in lukewarm people. You see, God wants passion. These four points that I'm giving you, you know when God gave those to me? Friday morning at 3.30. See, I have a passion for what I do. I had to get up and write it down because when you get a little older, you forget it in the morning. So you get up and write it down. I had to get up three times. The dog thought I was crazy. Then she wanted to go out and let her out and go back to bed, whatever. It's all right. You say, well, Pastor Mark, passion. You mean you got to really love what you're doing? Yes, you're wired to do it. Show some passion. Show some zeal. Paul says to Timothy, hey, fan your gift, Tim. There's another church that I'll be going to, and I'll be speaking at Ephesus. The big stadium's there where Paul was there. 25,000 people. Old Roman architecture. It's kind of a neat place to teach. John wrote to the church at Ephesus. He says, oh, I know your good works. Wow. Terrific. But there's no love in your works. They were going through the motions. Oh, they were working, but there was no passion. No, we got to have passion for God, guys. And I believe God is speaking to some of you this morning because maybe you're going through 
the motions, but there's no zeal for God. Now, I'm going to give you an open book test. I'm going to ask you four questions. You will answer questions like these in your future at the judgment seat of Christ. You just answer yes or no to these as we go through. Number one, am I contributing to the body of Christ by using my gift? You can't answer that question with a maybe. It's either yes, I am, or no, I'm not. Number two, am I contributing with the right motive, love, or because I have to? See, I I don't know that, and the person that's over you in the ministry won't know that. Eventually, we'll know it because you don't serve right. Number three, am I contributing with zeal and joy and passion? I know God spoke to all of us about doing everything with all our might for him because we represent an incredible God who's given so much to us. Maybe you need to stir up that passion in your life. Number four, maybe the most difficult of all. Am I making the most of every opportunity, time, to serve God? See, when God gifted us, he kept us here until he takes us, and he gives us these unlimited number of opportunities that he opened doors. One of the churches I'll go to, John says to the church, God has opened a door that no man can shut. God's opened doors for you guys to minister. Are you making the most of those open doors? He said, Pastor Mark, when I look at those, I think I need to make some changes. Good. It's never too late to start doing right. You see, how I live today affects what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I just want to say this to all of you, basically. I'm proud of you. I know good things are going to happen to us at the judgment seat of Christ. No, there's none of us perfect here. We all know that, but it's good. It's going to be great. Paul says this, For this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Some of you today are trying to figure out how God wired you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will show that very clearly to you. The prayer goes on and it says this, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. What an incredible prayer. I'm going to pray that for you this week, that God will equip you. Here's your potential. Here's where you are. I'm praying the longer you serve God, the gap is getting smaller and smaller and smaller until we stand before him at this incredible Bema Seat, the Judgment Seat of Christ. As Christians, we all are called to contribute to the harvest. But as Christians, sometimes we get too comfortable in this life. Today, Pastor Mark challenged us to consider whether we're contributing. He says that we should contribute with the goal of pleasing God. We should contribute with humility and we should contribute with excellence. How about you? Are you doing your part? Are you contributing to the furtherance of God's kingdom? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. We're all called to contribute to God's kingdom, but not just with our time and talents. God calls us to give financially as well. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark asks us to think about our giving. Is it honoring to the Lord? Is it worthy of the price He paid for us? Most Christians give far below the 10% tithe which God required in the Old Testament. Remember, God owns all we have, and His work is done by Christians who give. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.